0: Breaking news the coronavirus has led me down a rabbit hole of doomsday preppers and bad mothers. Lori Vallow.
1: Even breakier breaking news Lori Vallow believes her children are zombies.
0: <laughs> Bananas!
1: Sweet baby Jesus, it is. It has been rough. I will be honest with you, it has been. It has been rough. We are on day oh god, I don't even know if i eight, nine. We're on like day 10 of uh, of the isolation station inside my home with my kids. Way to go! Thanks. I that's feel a long time. Like, I'm proud of myself for not drinking before five, and I do not ah. judge anyone for doing it before that because
0: this has been real stressful. This is also just so strange. I read some funny, another thing that I do now that coronavirus is yeah. just like get lost on, you know, all the funniest tweets from this <laughs> people and these people. And I read something funny that was like, just in case you didn't know, quarantine rules are the same as uh, airport rules. So have that Bloody Mary at 9am. Don't sweat it. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. It doesn't matter like what that. day it is. I yeah. also
1: read um, some thing that came across my eyes that um, um, this being home and being isolated is like, it's like grieving. It's like grief. And I totally said that to Adam, my husband, I was like, I feel like I'm going through grief. It like hits you in waves where you sort of start to panic and feel upset and feel like desperate and lost. And then it goes away and you're okay for a little bit. And then you're brushing your teeth and all of a sudden you're sobbing in the mirror, you know?
0: Right. I know it's a very bizarre, bizarre time. Yeah. I, totally, um, I go it, back and forth. I'm being like, this is awesome. I can just right. hang out yeah. and watch true crime documentaries and Tiger King on Netflix and oh, live my best life and drink so wine good. every night. Cause there's yeah. nothing to do tomorrow. And then facing the reality of like, Oh, right. I don't have a job anymore. Yeah. And I don't know when I'll have a job again. And <laughs> Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Why does nobody answer the phone? You I mean get like it. Everyone's in the overwhelmed. IRS
1: or the tax In the, the government,
0: any like uh, any government, yeah. you know, I'm dealing with trying to, yeah, contact the IRS, contact, unemployment. None of that can be done over the phone. It's all automated. And then you press the buttons, you know, and you're frustrated and you're like, just operator. I just yell operator into the phone I'm like, like hundred
1: times a day. Oh, can you operator. Call. <laughs> um, I feel you. I I mean, I don't feel you as hard, but I feel you in the desperation and frustrations and scare, like just, just, the, just weird. All it. Yeah. It's
0: all, it's all very, it's unknown territory, which I think the one good thing about having to be in this scenario collectively, the way we are, is that right. it is less scary knowing that yeah. you are not, going through any of this by yourself, that every single person, you know, is being affected directly by the coronavirus, Right. By no, the novel I, coronavirus.
1: Totally. <laughs> and yeah. um,
0: it's, it's a doozy. It is a doozy. It is.
1: And I just, I'm so um, thankful for anybody who got out today to listen to this, because I guess we're not the most family friendly podcast out there, but you know, we're uh we're here to help you to relieve the tension. And guess what? The boss is in. I've got oh, my yeah, she coffee cup that says the boss is in. My sister bought that for me. Cause like I'm a boss and she <laughs> loves
0: me. Um I have this giant cup of wine. Oh, I like that. I, I was like, like that. um a regular size, like a flute wasn't gonna cut it because yeah. I didn't want to have to get up. Well so let a little have, there's a little cheers. Vodka. cheers.
1: Um, guys, we're also still not together, but we figured out how to record less dramatic difference, you know? So we're on Zoom right now. Less like
0: I'm a, like a caller on Vanya's radio show, hopefully. (laughs) I actually have no idea what this is going to sound like, because Vanya is the wizard of tech tech in this, in this dynamic duo we got going on. You
1: know what I am? I'm a person who I don't stop. I'll figure it out. I'll look it up on YouTube. Um... You know, I'm I'm a person I'm a seeker, you know. Yeah, you are. I yeah. love that about
0: you. That's why I knew you would do this with me. Sounds like she'll go there. <laughs> and then cause I'm there like, because I'm like, she- it's a dare. I love it. Right. I was just um, very very proud that based on the fact that I've helped you break down the setup for us, and it's oh, not yeah. all that it's not all that hard to reverse that. Totally. That, um, when I came in today and I was like, let's see how this goes. And right. I, said, I dropped
1: my mic. Or I dropped the mic and the stand on my my front porch and she picked it up and left. We kept our six-week social distance.
0: Yes, we did. And then I came home and I plugged everything in and a coronavirus miracle, everybody. It worked. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I have never, ever, ever had good luck with I'm technologically challenged. and it I is, don't
1: think that's true. You should stop saying that because you are not. You are... You are... Uh, what's the opposite of challenge? You're thriving technologically.
0: I'm I'm a th- I'm a thriver.
1: Yep.
0: Okay. Well, well hey
1: guys, guess what? We promise. Oh, yeah. Should we
0: should we do our thing where you say who you are? Oh and say shoot! And yes. we say what this is?
1: Yeah. I guess you know what it is. Hi, I'm Vanya. I'm the Rom,
0: and I'm Avrin, and I'm the Crime, and this is Rom Crime. This is our true crime comedy podcast that has romantic. um children no no why did i say that
1: <laughs> none of it it's never good i just like whatever comes uh, out of my
0: mouth is never good romantic preparations mm. or in yeah, or good. i don't even know romantic fucked upness yeah doomsday this is this is one of those stories that i mean there's a reason why it's you know everyone's everywhere like, Holy it's crap. The, it's it's the craziest thing ever yep um who are we talking
1: about? Oh, well we're talking about Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. But mostly right now we're going to be talking about Lori Vallow, right? Like right. she's Chad the Daybell, mother.
0: Yes, Chad Daybell is very important to the story, yeah. very um, involved in the story, but I think mm-hmm. we start with Lori because this all starts with Lori and it mm-hmm. is Lori's children who are at the center of this. Yeah. Um and it is just—I wrote here. I'm going to show you this, Vanya, because we're video chatting. Yeah, I know, I love it. Everyone, so we can see each other like n- normal times. I tried to make like a family tree timeline. Ooh, just just to keep the people and the names straight. The day yes. that all these people died, because everyone dies. In it's this. crazy. Um, the wedding- it reminds
1: me of like our other our um, the um, Mormon Manson family a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, that I will say is something. When we briefly touched on this in our little uh, bonus episode that we did <laughs> with zero preparation, be... yeah, um, I didn't even know. I couldn't remember Chad's name, so I just called him the Doomsday Prophet. Yeah, really, that's right. What he really is is a Doomsday Prepper, oh, which is one. So that means somebody who is like constantly prepping for the end of days. He writes right. fiction about it, or I guess he doesn't think it's fiction, but he writes novels about it. Right. Um. And basically I think might be a cult leader, but there is that weird connection to, so something clearly shifted in Lori when she met Chad, but before that she was a member of LDS. So Church of Latter-day Saints, she was very devoted, a very faithful member of that church. And um, somewhere along the line that shifted into whatever it is that Chad was selling and she bought it up.
1: She did. Yes. So he's like an author and I went and looked at his books and they're all... I'm like, the art on them is just so bad. Um, and I was like, I was like, Averin, I'm going to read one of the books. I'm going to do it. And then I got I got like Kindle Unlimited. I'm like, I'm going to get it. And then the book was $9. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to spend yeah, $9 on that man. Don't
0: support. Yeah, he sees that money. So yeah, I him. respect your decision. Um, I mean, okay, we don't so even I know, know ass- if he's a bad guy, but we assume he is. But yes, no, you take it away, sister. Well, I mean, I think it's safe to assume that bad guy or not, level of involvement or not, there's something weird here. And none of this and none of their behavior makes any sense. So right. I mean, all right, let's just get to it. So yeah. for those of you who are making better use of your quarantine time and not just <laughs> reading Reddit threads and people.com articles about Lori Bello <laughs> and Chad Daybell, it is a twisted, bizarro story that involves, yeah, cults, Kids who have been missing since September of 2019, two mysterious deaths, one questionable murder by in self defense, and then a bunch of other weird, uh, maybe attempted assassinations. Right. Um, lots of trips to Hawaii. Um, I never knew that Rexburg, Idaho, was so fucking beautiful.
1: Yeah. Did you watch oh my gosh. the dateline
0: documentary? I was I like did, is that yeah. place for real with like the, they kept showing the lake that was like all shimmery with the yeah. snow. I've never been to Idaho.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. I'm from the Pacific Northwest and Idaho is very close to where where I live where I grew up and it's everything's beautiful over there. But that's why it not that there's serial killers, but like that's why there's so many serial killers because you could literally drive a body ten miles and you'd probably not see it. You probably wouldn't right. find it, you know.
0: Looked very vast. And so the center of the story, though, are Lori Vallow's two children, JJ and Tylee. JJ um, is a seven-year-old boy. He is autistic. Mm -hmm. He is actually the adopted child of Lori Vallow and her former husband, Charles Vallow. Um, And then there's Tylee, who is 17, who Mm. is her daughter from a previous marriage. She's been married four times. Lori Vallow has been
1: married four. Oh, five. Right. Because she's
0: currently married because she's currently married y'all. Yeah. Congrats. You motherfucking asshole. Okay. Well, here's
1: the weird, here's the thing that I, it took me, like I had to basically draw a diagram as well was I was like, whose kid is who is JJ. So this is, tell me if I'm wrong. So Charles, Lori's previous husband, who's now dead, but we'll tell you more about that. Um, JJ is the son of her, of
0: his niece, is that correct? So I think I think the way it works is so JJ's. Oh, sorry, Charles's sister Kay is married to a man named Larry. So they're Kay and Larry Woodstock. Okay, I believe. Um, and the exactly, grandparents of JJ. And and JJ's grandparents. I don't want to say this with certainty, but I feel like it was the son of maybe Larry. Okay. who, or daughter, the the parents of JJ are somehow, it's, I believe it's Larry's kid's kid. Okay. But I could also be wrong. You could be right. And it could be. I have least. no idea. It took me a second.
1: I was like, who is this? And then I was like, that's was how that it's sh-? so convoluted.
0: Yeah, it was I, mean, convoluted. I'm Anyways, like, I
1: don't even know. But you know, they, Kay and Larry, Larry were raising him as a young, young boy. And he, you know, he was a handful. They had, they were still working and when Lori Vallow, who seemed like an amazing mom and just like really full of energy, loved her kids. So when her and Charles offered to adopt JJ, they were be over the moon. They were like, oh, yes, our, because dream, our prayers are answered.
0: They knew they were younger. They had another child. They could really give him the kind of, you know, home and, and like all the, cause he, that's the thing is that he was a baby, you know, when the, mm-hmm. when Kay and Larry took him in. And then I think he was, you know, still probably like three or four by the, or maybe even younger when Lori and Charles adopted him, but he did have, um, he was autistic so that he he needed um, needed extra care. care. And Lori at that point was known to everybody who ever knew her as a spectacular mom, really hands-on, involved, energetic, loving, fun. And Charles was known to be the same. Like a really wonderful dad. He also had two sons from a previous marriage. Um, So they were experienced parents. They were loving. They -hmm. seemed like a, a, you know, a beautiful, happy, perfect family for a long time. They got married in 2012. And um, Charles died in July on July 11th of 2019 and had only recently filed for divorce. So they had, you know, I think five or six good years. Yeah. It seems like, it seems like the divorce filings, it was abrupt. There was an abrupt shift. We'll talk a lot yes. about that. And other than that, they had a marriage that people, you know, spoke glowingly of and, you know, it was wonderful.
1: Right, right. Yeah, she was, um, Lori Vella was a fitness instructor and, you know, just devout at her church or not devout, but like, because I don't know how devout you can be if you've been married four times, but maybe, but, I don't
0: know. You know, I mean, one of her husbands that before Charles Died, I believe, of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. This might mm-hmm. go
1: way further back than anybody knows. Maybe she's a serial killer, and we don't know. Black
0: Widow, mm-hmm. but um, but anyway, so one of her husbands um did they didn't just get divorced? So I think she had been only twice divorced, and then has two deceased former husbands, and now she's got her current husband. Okay. So it's 50-50 that she's a serial sure. killer. We don't know. Of husbands. We, we don't, don't know. know. We are not confident that she, you know, isn't. Exactly. I feel, like, I feel like, I don't know. We're going to see.
1: I know. So anyway, Col- one cults of the- make you do crazy things, as we know.
0: They certainly do. And I love that this is just going to fully turn into a cult show. Because we're going <laughs> to be like, oh, I love, love it. I like the cult. Because Vanya loves a cult, and I love anything true crime. And cults often do involve, you know, some kind of love between the people and its leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can make it work. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so they get married, they adopt JJ. Right. One of the things, um, most of the information that I have that I will be sharing just so you guys all know where I got this from in case it's incorrect is, uh, uh, datelines to our special called where are the children? Mm-hmm. I got and this that from- came out
1: in like February something very recently yeah
0: yeah I think it dropped you know like a little over a month ago yeah this is all happening in real time which is kind of nuts I also um listened to Dr. Phil McGraw's first episode Mm. I don't know the name of his podcast everyone but it's I'm sure the only one he has it's Dr. Phil McGraw we all know who that is Oprah made him famous and he is now kind of covering the psychology of this story and I only got he only has one episode dropped so far which doesn't even get us into all of the craziness which right. is why we we haven't even decided while we're recording if this needs to be a multi-part thing or if we can just mm-hmm. do it for you guys today. I think and I feel like come we back can in. do
1: it and then we bonus every time there's an update.
0: Okay, I think you that's know? a good plan. Yeah. yeah, why not? Let's just get into it. Yeah. Um and then also people.com like I mentioned. All oh, right. And many weird random Arizona news Channel.com right. because that is where Lori Vallow and Charles Vallow were living when their marriage ended. They lived in Phoenix, Arizona at that time.
1: Okay. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: So I think we kind of filled you in a little bit on when they got married, her past history of being married several times, uh, how they ended up being the parents of JJ. Right. And now let's kind of start with when their marriage fell on hard times, which ultimately resulted in uh, a shooting death. Right. So Lori had lived in Kauai with Charles for two years. And while there, she ended up becoming very good friends with a woman named April. You can see April being interviewed on the Dateline episode. Mm -hmm. She's mentioned in the Dr. Phil podcast. So she is, I think a very credible source for who Lori and Charles were when she knew them, which was not Mm -hmm. all that long ago when they were there. So, um, they lived in Hawaii for two years. It was a place that they both really loved. Charles was a very successful businessman, had a great head for finance. Um, and so they were able to kind of make that dream a reality of living in Hawaii. They both wanted to, they, uh, seemed incredibly happy, but after two years for work reasons and his company, they needed to move back to Phoenix, they moved back to Phoenix, Arizona. Things are seemingly okay for a while. Um, and then Lori kind of discovers this, this bizarre but captivating uh, doomsday prepper named um, Chad Daybell. And she goes out to Idaho from Arizona to be on a podcast called Preparing a People, which is, right. a, which is a prepper podcast for like, the end of times is coming, y'all. This is what we need to do. And from the moment she met him and kind of became a part of that world, everything shifted. Mm. She basically said that she was the second coming. She was the second Messiah. That's what she told Charles. But then she told um, Charles's sister Kay, who was JJ's grandma, just to kind of keep things clear for everybody, that she was one of the select 144,000 people that were going to rebuild society after the end of days comes. Right. And or like a guaranteed path. They're meant into, to go to
1: heaven. Yeah.
0: Meant to go to heaven, but also only 144,000. So it's a pretty small number.
1: Right. Oh, also, I mean, I don't know if we want to get this too soon, but they had once Chad and, or maybe they knew this back then, but there was the day that this was supposed to be happen. the prediction that the earth was going to end and it was, it's past guys.
0: No, it's not. It's not? I think it's July twenty second, twenty twenty.
1: Oh, is that what it is? I thought it was January twenty second, twenty twenty. Great.
0: So out, here we go. So I think it's I. I mean, could be wrong. I only feel confident in that because I listened to that Doctor Phil thing like right before we you started, did. like like an hour or two before we. I wrote and all you know down. what?
1: You're right because when the when the Dateline one came out, they said it was five months from now, a little less yeah. than five months
0: and just sidebar not that i want to give any cre- like credence or act like i believe in any of the things that they're talking about but it is like a little bit in their favor that it right. kind of feels like the end of days right now right. like there's exactly. an there's a pandemic of proportions we have never seen and or expected yeah. The whole world is in a tailspin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, I mean, there have been so many
1: people and cults and Nostradamus and all these people who are predicting the end of days, and you wait for it, and it doesn't come.
0: Because guess remember what? Remember the 2012 Everyone thing and the people calm the fuck down. Yes, and the people putting those crazy ads and like spending their life savings putting things up on the subway. Yeah. It was like the end of days will be this day, you know, exactly. and the day came and went. Yeah. And I don't think any one person, no matter how connected to you know the spiritual realm or whatever God they worship, mm-hmm. will actually ever know you know when the end of date. I don't know. It's. Just I mean, a- who
1: the hell knows? But I also don't think that there's a select 144,000 going to help on out. You know.
0: No. Not Because I would have some words to say with God if that was true. That's just a really small percentage, you know, of the population. I mean,
1: and, and I guess all the question. White,
0: you yeah, know,
1: like in America. Yeah, in
0: America. they're all white and they all live in Idaho, um,
1: North Dakota. I mean, North in America. America.
0: But I am curious, actually, you know, do like when. I, maybe I didn't research it well enough in terms of my understanding. But for the one hundred forty-four thousand, was it that they were just the only ones that were going to go to heaven when the end of times came, or was it their job to like shelter in place, to use a term we all know well now, mm-hmm. during the end of days, and then they were the chosen one hundred forty-four thousand people who were going to basically like rebuild the people, rebuild think- the the world with the second Messiah that has now arrived. Mm. And that all that—that's interesting.
1: I understood it as they were the only ones that were meant to go to heaven. Everyone else is going to be gone, but I don't. Okay. know. But I don't know. I you mean, know,
0: we, I guess we need we'll to get find out on July twenty second, twenty twenty,
1: or January or, or June, July. Is it June? It's
0: July. Okay, I think it's July. Um, It's one of those J months. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's why I was like, it's January. It's past. We're fine. Um, But anyways, so, but one thing that April had mentioned was Lori's brother, Alex. And Mm -hmm. she, so- um April is the um was a friend that she met in Hawaii and the reason they connected so well was because she was divorced but also went to church and she realized that you know cuz most people aren't we you know we're not divorced in in the
0: LDS church in the LDS community yeah. right so she felt like they were immediately connected yeah. they, I mean, she described her as her very best friend exactly for like 2 years oh. um but the
1: one thing she did say is she said Alex the brother there was something off with him when you just know something. she was, And basically, she basically said he was a weirdo. I mean.
0: Yeah. She said her brother was a weirdo and kind of was like a puppy dog by her side that would do anything for her. Similar. And in a way that felt just not normal, their relationship seemed strange to her, but mostly just because yeah. he seemed odd. Right. And um, he's a big part of this story. So remember that name, everyone, Alex Cox. That would be Lori Vallow's brother. Right. Okay, so we have gone back to Phoenix. Things have taken a turn for the worst, and Charles files for divorce. And in his filing, he lists specific examples of when she said that she was going to murder him,
1: right. But she did believe of, that he was um that she was leaving him, or she believed that he there was a demon leaving, living inside of him, and that be- he was fully already dead
0: be- leaped. Right. She said that he was already dead, like his human form was dead and a demon was living inside him. That was one thing she said. Then she said that he was actually not dead yet, but that she was going to get a phone call any day that he was dead. She told April that, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And And um, then on a warm summer day in July of 2019, July 11th to be exact, um, there was a 911 call made by alex cox again that is the brother of Lori Vallow, saying Mm -hmm. that there had been um there was an injured person in the home there had been an altercation and that he had shot his brother-in-law in in self-defense because he had come at him with a baseball bat and like smashed him in the head with it and all this stuff so the cops arrive um alex is incredibly like cooperative and you know does everything they say but they notice that the he keeps in the Dateline documentary. They actually show this footage, and he keeps like right. touching the back of his head with the handkerchief. But I guess the the actual cut or injury to the back of his head was pretty minor. And Charles Vallow was like a former like college ball player, an right. incredibly fit person. And if he had been so terrifying that you feared you would have been knocked, and the- he struck you with a bat, yeah. you would have it would have been a different kind of wound. So the cops are already a little bit. They're like, okay. This is, I mean, I guess you called, we'll investigate. They go in, they get the shell casings, they do all of their police work. But the they start to really get suspicious when Lori's story is different than Alex's story. Alex says that he and Charles right. were alone in the house. And then Lori and um, Tylee come back from- Dropping know, JJ longer. off. They dropped JJ yeah. off because, yeah. Because, yeah. And they say that they were actually there- and Tylee gets pulled into it and says that there was something about a cell phone. Lori was looking through Charles's cell phone because she was snooping on him. And he was like, give it back I mean, to me. And she said no. And then he got, got really insane with rage. So then Tylee came out of her room with a bat to try to like protect her mom. Right. And that's where this all gets so sad to me is I'm like, okay, well, I mean, if if Tylee was willing to like say to a police officer- Right. That this is what happened. One, either she was coached by her mom to lie. For sure. Two, maybe somehow she had been also brainwashed into believing that there was a demon living inside her stepdad and that he was a bad man, even though he has never had any past incidences of violence towards anybody yeah. that anyone can say, including I mean, his you... ex-wife, Right. who was with him for 12 years, has two sons with him. She said he's never been physical once. She'd never seen him even get into a fight yeah. with like another guy. Um, yeah. And so, I don't know, that part to me, I felt very sad knowing that Tylee was a big part of having to explain that incident to the cops.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense if she was brainwashed by her mom, because I mean, think about it when, as a, as a mom, you can, you can tell your kids, I mean, they'll eventually maybe not believe you. And, And yes, Tylee was 17, but if your mom is terrified looking at you, really believing it, like, right. It's. Freaking. I don't know. It's,
0: it's very questionable. Everything that I read or watched about Tylee was that she and her mom had a very complicated relationship as right. all mothers and daughters do. But also Tylee was like, she kind was, of like says her mind, right? She was, yeah, not she was, a, she was not a wallflower. She was not somebody who would just do what she was told. And so that's the part of me that wonders if yeah. either there was brainwashing and, or if she was being coerced. And then because she knew too much threatened, that's how we've ended up where we are in terms of not that knowing could where she is so it's all very sad. It is. Um, the cops then talk to Lori, and she's being really nonchalant. Oh my and god, so kind weird. of like giggling, like oh, so we just moved into the complex. Sorry, now we've had this happen, neighbors. Like uh, laughing, are like, yeah. And they were already, actually apparently
1: they were split up, right? Like they were already yeah. split up, and he was supposed to be coming over to pick up JJ to take him to school or something like that. But
0: right, and then this altercation so went strange. down, and he ended up shot to death. And yeah. then there are two really like that stand out distinct things that were done by Lori that made the cops not just it was it was initially like self defense that's how they filed it but right. these two detectives who were working on it were not quite done looking into it yet and that's because of two things on the day of the shooting that afternoon so this will happen in the morning mm-hmm. neighbors noticed loud music coming from the Vallo house and right. it turns out she was throwing a pool party like on the day her husband whether in self defense or not shot and killed that's right the father or i guess he wasn't technically the father of any of her kids but you know her husband her ex-husband yeah. well the parent and the of man that children. She, yeah the parent of her children and the man that she had been married to for the last 6 7 years And she was throwing a pool party. And so, not you know, people always say you can't tell someone how to grieve. And I agree with that. This was from Dr. Phil's podcast. Oh, yeah. But that's this isn't about grief. Everybody grieves differently. This is about respect. Yeah. And on the day that the man who helped you raise your children, who is the father to your children, has been shot and killed by your brother. And what right. should just be an incredibly traumatic oh, people
1: should be like losing i mean the whole family should be just like right in shock. but just
0: to but to have a party goes Weird. to show that like she basically doesn't she didn't think of charles as a person
1: no she killed point. the demon she killed the yeah, demon killed, hurrah his
0: body was already dead and then another thing was the way that she told charles's yeah sons.
1: i saw i heard that that was so she sad. Sent she sent them
0: a text message saying yeah. like hey boys so sorry to have to tell you this, but your dad passed away yesterday. I'm trying to work out all of the arrangements. Um, I don't really know what to do, but just know that I love you and your father did too. Exclamation, exclamation point, exclamation point, heart emoji.
1: Yeah, weird. And the mom of that their kids were like, what the
0: fuck? Just like- yeah, and the- you don't do that. You don't tell people that their parent is dead in a text message, especially when you're their stepmom of seven years. Right. You just don't. That's not normal behavior. Clearly, nothing that Lori is doing what? once she meets Chad Daybell and becomes part of this prepper right. We'll him, we're gonna call him a cult. This this doomsday preppers cult. Yeah. All of none of her behavior really makes any sense. So right. this is July eleventh, twenty nineteen. Charles Vallow is shot and killed in his home by alex cox who claims it was self-defense and there we are shortly Mm -hmm. after that Lori moves her two kids from phoenix to idaho to rexburg idaho which is where chad and tammy daybell live with their five children and
1: um and she purposely moved there to be with him right to be closer to him
0: well to to be closer to his practices, teachings, this podcast was, you know, she was a big part of it too. She was one of the people talking about it. She was one right. of the chosen ones. So she needed to be there and she needed to be with the other chosen ones. Oh, right. And another interesting, I think more, it gets, a, we're going to get more complicated, but yeah, another family member of Lori's, her niece, mm-hmm. whose name is Melanie Bourdreau, also got wrapped right. up in this cult and um, her now ex-husband, Brandon, was getting out of his car in Arizona and something like whizzed past his head and then the window in his Tesla shattered and he realized that somebody was shooting at him. And so he like, you know, dove down, the car sped off. He recognized it was um, Charles Vallow's Jeep that Tylee had been driving. Oh, uh, and they even confirm that they like find it. And he feels very confident that Alex Cox was driving sure. the car. So that's like this random separate story, but that's also very much entwined in this. Yeah. So two months after July 11th would be what? July, uh, September. So in September, uh, Lori moves her two kids from Arizona to Idaho. Mm-hmm. She enrolls JJ in school. Not Tylie, because I guess she had graduated from high school early. So she wasn't registered anywhere. And um, then um on July or sorry, not July, September, I think 19th, Lori withdrew JJ from school and told the admin the school administrators that she was gonna homeschool him. And then the last time he was ever seen was on September twenty-third. Um, I think it was like his last day at school. And um, neither of them have been seen since that date. So we've got the kids who are now missing. Then only a, a handful of weeks after that, Tammy Daybell, Chad Daybell's wife, um, the mother of his five children, mm-hmm. uh, writes a very bizarre on her Facebook. on Facebook about yeah. something that happened to her, about how she had pulled into their driveway. And when she got out and was getting things out of the backseat of the car, all of a sudden a man wearing a mask was like right there by her and started mm-hmm. firing a, on, as far, as far as she could understand, it was like an unloaded paintball gun. That's how she described it. But she was yelling at him. She was calling for Chad. She could not understand. Like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to terrorize me? Weird. He wouldn't answer. He took off. But she just wanted to let people know, you know, this happened to me. So pay attention. I don't want this to happen. Or if it does, like, call the cops. This is yeah. weird. Um, and then a mere 10 days after that incident, 49 year old. Tammy Daybell went to sleep on October 18th of 2019 or October 19th, sorry of 2019. And she never woke up. Right. And so, um, she they had five children and she was 49 and she right. was like this. she was the public school librarian. She was beloved in the community. Yeah. They were a well-known family. Um, and
1: yeah, they, everyone said that they seemed like such a strong couple and as opposed to Lori for Charles Chad for uh, Tammy, Tammy. Did, she did, he did grieve. He did show behavior that was of a grieving spouse, you know.
0: Right, but then also when they offered to do an autopsy because it's unusual for such right. a young person to die in their sleep, he said, "You know what? We've been through enough. Um, we're a religious uh, family, and if it was her time, it was her time. I don't think that's necessary." And yeah. she was then then she was then buried in. Um, in Utah, where her family is from, um, in the cemetery in Utah. There. I mean, that's insane. I just thought
1: that if you, I, I thought they always do uh, autopsies to figure out the. I guess you don't.
0: I not. It always, costs money, and I'm sure it's extra. It's extra time and work, and for something that, for all you know, apparent reasons in that moment appears to be natural whether or not it's, you know, strange and sad, but doesn't look like foul play was involved at all.
1: Crazy. I think that
0: it's not, it's not guaranteed.
1: Right. But guess so, what? Yeah. They've so, you, go ahead.
0: No, no. I was going to say, so that was October 19th of 2019. Just trying to keep these dates for everybody. So we've sure. got the death of Charles on July 11th, 2019. Right. We then have the death of Tammy, Oh, sorry. We then have the disappearance or the last known sighting of right. JJ. And honestly, they can't even say this is the last known sighting of Tylee because they're not sure because right. no one saw her on that day. But that was uh, September 23rd of 2019. Mm-hmm. Then on October 19th of 2019, Tammy Daybell dies in her sleep. Right. And then on November 5th of 2019, Lori Vallo and Chad Daybell fly to Hawaii a whole...
1: 14 days.
0: 14 days after Tammy's death, they fly to Hawaii and they get married on the beach in a ceremony that was described by witnesses as like very celebratory, dancing, the children were not there. Um, And so now we've got that. So now we have the fact that they got married. That's curious. That's Mm -hmm. bizarre. So as this is all kind of going on, the cops back in Arizona get a call from Kay and Larry Woodcock. It's because they haven't heard from their grandson, JJ, in months now. Uh, Lori will not respond to their text calls or emails. She actually hacked into her brother's email account and saw an Amazon purchase to an address in Rexburg, Idaho, calls the cops in Arizona and says, this is where she's living. This is where you need to send the cops to go make sure that my grandson is okay. Because another thing that they had found out was when she moved the family from Arizona to Idaho. As we mentioned before, JJ was autistic. He had a service animal, a service dog named Bailey, who went everywhere with him, Mm -hmm. whose job it was to basically help him get through anything that he might need assistance for. Service animal. And um, she sold his service animal and the trainer actually saw the the, like ad for him and was like, "Uh, you don't, you don't do that. that. This is a special dog. So the trainer was able to go and retrieve the dog. Um, But then they found that out. So now they're very concerned. Yeah. That that something's very wrong. They haven't heard from him. She sold his service animal. Now they were like, oh, and she's in Idaho, which we didn't know anything about.
1: But then the cops take two weeks to even go do a wellness checkup. Because Arizona calls the Idaho cops. And they take almost two weeks to go check, you know, check on them.
0: And so when they get there to check. Lori says that um, JJ is fine. He is just with a friend of hers in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And Tylee is 17. You know, she's like, she's just out and about. She's not home right now. They get back to the cops in Arizona. This Is this story blowing anyone else's mind and how complicated and crazy it is it's yet? It's crazy. Because I'm already mm-hmm. like, where, where are we in it? What's going on?
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: they call the cops, tell um, the name of the friend that Lori said that J- JJ was with. Then the cops in Arizona, in Phoenix, call the cops I believe in Chandler, Arizona, who go to the friend's house. Who's like, uh, "No, I do not have JJ. In fact, I have not seen JJ since September," which is when she moved the family. And that's so then terrifying. They call the cops back, yeah, they call the Idaho cops back, who say, "Hey, her story is a lie. These people do not not only do they not have him, but they never did." So then the cops go back to Lori and Chad's house the following day, and they are gone y'all they have fled Idaho for surprise Hawaii Mm -hmm. which is apparently just their their jam man like I mean I think it's Lori's Lori's like yeah
1: I know you know what I was saying going back when I talk, when we were watching the Dateline thing, I was with my husband. I was like, they're so stupid. You go to Mexico, duh, if you want to get away. But then eventually when they or were just, trying to flee, they were going to go to Mexico. But I'm
0: just saying. But still, like, why do you keep going back to the same place that you've lived before, that you got married at? Like, yeah. it's not hard to guess where you two are going to run off to these days because yeah. it's Kauai every time. So now th- they're gone.
1: yeah.
0: And this case starts making national headlines. Also, now the cops are like, hmm. It's very strange that Chad's wife died and then 14 days later he married this woman and then when the cops came to uh, to do a welfare check on what would now be his two stepkids, uh, instead of producing them and proving that they're okay, they've fled the state. That's weird. I think we need to relook into Tammy's death. Yes. Her body was exhumed. Yes. And a full autopsy was done. The results of the autopsy have not been released to the public yet. And I think it's because, again, like I said, this is all pretty recent. So mm-hmm. she died in October. They fled, I don't know, sometime in December. I mean, we're talking just yeah. a couple, like two, two months, months ago. ago. Yeah. And so there's been no, um, like we don't have any information yet on what the autopsy of Tammy Daybell has revealed.
1: Well, I think it's because you remembering the Kelly Cochran case, how they held back information. I don't know to, to find, to, maybe they could hold the cards in some way. Maybe there's some, I feel like there's something that the police or maybe investigators know that they're trying to
0: hold some information. I'm sure. I am sure they know a lot more than we, the public know. And it feels like we know a lot, but also not a lot. Right. I'm Of course they are. Like they have an investigation. They're conducting, um, you know, if you exhume a body, that's a big deal. That is not right. a small request oh for God. the family of that of Tammy, yeah. like her parents, her siblings, her children. That's yeah. no small request. And so for even that to be granted when you request to exhume a body, I mean, this the circumstances in which yeah. that's necessary, have to be really solid. Yeah. So I'm sure we don't know jack shit compared to what the cops know, but they have not publicly released any findings for right. autopsy.
1: You know what we do know? This is something, I don't know if we passed this, but um, the life insurance plan for uh, Tammy was $430,000 and he took that and that's when that's when the cops came in Idaho and they went to, they used that money and they went to um, Hawaii or whatever, or maybe when they got married, whatever.
0: But another for. Oh yeah. I was going to say, and you have the info about Charles's life
1: insurance? Yes. This is the fun one because it's so scandalous because he wrote, he, they were getting divorced. Um, and he immediately changes his will, his life insurance and puts Kay, his sister as the main uh, beneficiary. But, um, Lori didn't know that. And she went, she called like a week or two after he died to get that money it was a million dollars which is how
0: they know that she didn't know at the time of his death that she was not the beneficiary because yeah. she actually tried to file that claim and the investigators
1: out- said what, we we need to follow the money here and that's that's it that you know they think they're doing god's work but they're breaking every law and, and hopefully not just, killing
0: kids oh, God, I, mean, I hope the kids are okay i think that's the part of this that's so frustrating so now we've got two people whose former spouses both died under bizarre circumstances, whether or not it was a shooting by your own brother in self-defense right. at, and, or being 49 years old and perfectly healthy and dying in your sleep. And then these two people, you know, they make the really sane, not at all suspicious decision to get married 14 days after right. Tammy, his former wife passes away. And then, you know, they, they will not, they cannot, or the, they will not say where the kids are. They it's say so that, weird that they're fine, but that that's all they're going to say. But the fact that this would all just end if they could produce these two children and say, Hey, here they are. They're fine. Like, leave us alone. We haven't they're done anything dead, wrong. But they think they're fine. So it's, it's just incredibly frustrating. And basically when they flee to Hawaii, uh, Alex
1: the Bro, remember
0: a good old Alex, Lori's brother? Mm-hmm. He dies under mysterious circumstances. That's
1: right. Yeah, he
0: dies, um, uh, they, like just drops dead on the bathroom floor. Also, he had just married another member of <gasps> Ooh, the yes. cult that we've been talking about yes. 12 days before he got before he died. So, Lori and Chad got married on November 5th, 2019, and then Alex married Zalima Pestines, who was a member of chad's preppers club Uh Um, they got married on november 29th of 2019 and then on december 12th of 2019 alice cox died mysteriously but suspiciously
1: like of a heart attack or just died like they didn't know well
0: they don't know they think maybe a heart attack again a full autopsy and toxicology report are is being performed on him and um that information has not been made public yeah but you guys Everyone's di- di- dying. Everyone's yeah. di- died. Everyone's di- everyone is dead.
1: Um, can I tell you one fun fact that I was like, what? The girl he marries, Zulima, is in their in their group. She was known to have powers that controlled the elements. <laughs> like she, they believed that she was magic.
0: Yeah, they were woo woo in a way yeah. that just I love woo woo.
1: Yeah, that's not, not the cute woo woo. That's like
0: the. Scary.
1: That
0: re- results in like a bunch of death, and this are ultimately experiencing some kind of mental delusion. Right, and you need to stop, and you need to tell law, like the authorities where these kids are, whether or not it is where their bodies are or where they right. are. Um, and you need to bring peace to the members of this family that are devastated by this. Yeah. So what happens is, they basically Idaho then contacts. The Hawaiian police and say, We need you to serve Lori with a like, I don't know the legal term for it. Kate Geisel, give us a call. Let me know what I'm supposed to say oh right God, here. I love you, Kate um, Geisel. She's, she's our lawyer friend. We love you, girl. I need so much help with the legal jargon. But they serve her basically a demand saying, By this day, at this time, you must produce your children. Right. You must produce them in person and physically to prove to us that you have done nothing wrong. And not harmed them, so that day comes and goes. Right, Lori never produces the kids. Uh, Kay and Larry fly out from Kentucky, where they live, to Idaho. They really think this is going to be the one thing that forces her to bring JJ back to them. Is that the police are saying we will arrest you if you do not produce your children on the yeah. state? Well, she doesn't. So guess what? She gets she arrested. gets arrested. Good. They find her and Chad living it up in a townhouse in in Hawaii, and she is arrested and extradited back to Idaho, where she is now. Chad is not arrested, but uh, clearly, you know, a big part of the story. And um, this is kind of where we are right now. So she was... um, arrested and her bail was five million. I just read today that it's been reduced to one million, but she is she is still in prison. Yeah. And she doesn't have a million dollars. She doesn't have a million and nobody's because, being
1: sympathetic to her because I mean, where are your children?
0: Just tell us where they are and everybody will leave you alone. I know. And there so I was think- a yeah. No, no. Continue. I was just going to
1: say there was a tip that came in because there's that small time uh, or like not really small time, but yeah, kind of small time, the desert news or whatever that's covering Mm -hmm. it. And they keep getting tips. Excuse me. And one of them was there was a storage facility um, October 1st, a week after the kids disappeared of surveillance footage um she, her brother and her are seen carrying super heavy awkward things and they also believe there was eventually it was a second gentleman that was they believe it was chad Dabel. and what are they bringing in and out of that storage they don't know and the dateline correspondent and the guy from the desert news or whatever the idaho guy went to the storage facility and they were just looking at the kids stuff i mean it was like a bike and some some you know
0: photo memory albums and, and the reason like they could see is because she stopped blanket. paying the bill there that to me, I think, was very telling in terms of yeah. what I think, unfortunately, is the ultimate truth about what happened to these kids. Mm-hmm. One, I think that video that they showed, because mm-hmm. it's a surveillance video, of Alex Cox and Lori Vallo, and then Chad Daybell and Alex Cox, they're carrying duffel bags that are noticeably difficult for both, or for Alex, who is like a big dude and strong. Yeah he can carry it, but he's like very, you can tell it's heavy just by the way he's moving, moving things in and out and then in again and then out again. And then all of a sudden there's one day where it's the two dudes, Chad and Alex, and they come and they move a bunch of things out. And then she ceases to continue paying the bills, which means the owner of the storage facility, then it's his, it's his now. She doesn't pay yeah. for it. So he alerts the cops they go in, they do their thing, and then everything else is just left behind. And so that's when the Dateline people go in. And what's so sad about it is like what she chose to leave, it's their bicycles. It is a baby book of JJ. It's a blanket that was like sewn with like family photos on it. And it is just the complete and utter abandonment of her children in object form. Right. And so that's what she's been charged with is like, basically negligent and ch- I can't remember the exact word because there is no proof yet of exactly what happened to them, but that right. she's neglected her kids, which is a crime.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is just her crazy mind, her brainwashed mind is like always smiling and has like a weird sick look on
0: her face, you know? She looks like she's having the time of her life. Every time yeah. they like catch her on camera, you know, and or try to ask anyone tries, she's like, no comment. Yeah. kind of well, like- light and giggly. And you're like, what
1: the hell? Yeah, exactly. And apparently back before when Charles was alive and before they, before they were separated, he tried to have her committed to a mental facility or institution because right, he because was like, this isn't saying, my wife.
0: This, where are you? I mean, and she started saying things like, I am Jesus. I'm the second coming right. of Christ, or I'm one of these select people, or yeah. I'm going to murder you. And the angels are going to come remove your body. Or there's a demon Something was yeah. going on here.
1: I and wondered, another thing
0: that's so sad yeah. is like, I granted, he did end up being killed. So, but when he Charles. filed for divorce, when Charles filed for divorce, how, how, even if it was just for three weeks to a month or five weeks or whatever it was, how yeah. did she retain custody of those kids?
1: Yeah. And so I, I
0: guess um, what something I learned when I was listening to Dr. Phil is that Charles had initially been fighting for custody of the kids and then abruptly out of nowhere, like stopped trying to take them from her and said, I, I, we're going to try to work this out as a family and have it be amicable. So I don't know if she was acting like, more normal threatened him or, or oh, threatened him. I love that. I go or, the different way. I'm like, she, you know, um, she, right, she, but it's all very sad. And I just feel for me, I feel so, so sad for everybody involved, but the, but Kay and Larry, yeah. when they talk about Tylee and JJ, and especially yeah. JJ, because they really, you know, he, they brought him in.
1: I mean, I could his, not imagine. When his
0: parents could not care for him and talked about how, you know, at night when he would be crying hysterically as a baby and these are, you know, they're not, they weren't young, yeah. like parent age people and how they just, they found a way to like make a family with him and thought they were yeah. giving him a better life and- they're in agony. You can just tell, even though like there was one scene in the dateline, Vanya. I don't know if you, this stuck out to you, yeah. but where he was talking, he's like, JJ was right with this. And then, um, Kay like in on camera and pissed, quite, pissed at him, quite angrily. She's like, why are you speaking about him in the past tense? Why, why, why? Yeah. And he's like, I just mean, that's what he, and she's like, but why are you doing that? And it's just because you can tell like Larry knows. Yeah. Well, also and Kay to, doesn't, to, doesn't want to know. Make
1: yourself, to protect yourself, it's almost like he's probably already grieving for the loss of what could probably have, has happened. I mean, if right. those kids jump out of a bunker
0: somewhere, holy crap, I will amazing. be so excited. I really, I would love that. That would be incredible. To be the ending to the story, as that these cuckoo ca doomsday preppers were like, "Watch y'all, we just had them in the safe house out in the middle of the desert because the end of days is near, you know? Yeah. And then- I, but that would so
1: happy. Me with. too. But she's quoted on one of the podcasts. She's done a multiple of the prepper, whatever, lit, religious podcast. And she's quoted as saying like, she thinks it would be um, kind to kill, you know, to die. From a, she's like, I'm not sure if she wants her kids to go through what's about to happen. Here yeah. Here. She
0: said, sometimes I think about just getting the kids, putting them in the car and we could all drive off a cliff together because yeah. it's going to be so horrific what happens on July 22nd of 2020. I know. Um, And I feel like that's everything you need to know right there. So oh, we're going to have to keep coming back to this because nothing official has been, I mean, she has been charged, but she has not been to trial. Um, There is no evidence other than her unwillingness to produce her children to what has happened to them. Uh, We have not heard back about any results from any autopsies or toxicology reports in the mysterious, mysterious—why can't I say that today? Mysterious deaths of both Tammy Daybell and Alex Cox, Lori Vallow's brother. Uh, it's yeah. a crazy cuckoo. It like, is. Now you couldn't write this shit. I'm it's, trying to know, write the next like great pandemic novel, as right. I'm you know romance novel, obviously <laughs> with with <laughs> coronavirus undertones. Because we like to do scary things mixed with romance, Vanya Absolutely. and I. Absolutely, yes, That's we our do. jam. That's our niche, if you will. Uh, but this is the kind of thing that even somebody who writes doomsday prepper novels like a Chad Daybell, Yeah. can't make this shit up. I know.
1: I think I'm going to do some more research on his uh, church, the Church of the Firstborn. And
0: I think um, the next time we have any kind of update and we do a mini episode, we should also make a point, because we didn't really get into him too much Um, we should do, or let's just do a mini episode. Fuck it. No need for an update where we just give people a little bit of, of insight into Chad Daybell into who he is, where he came from. Kind of like his weird stories about like having near death experiences. They have those two, like those two former church colleagues of his that he was a missionary with. Let's do it. I'll read the the book too. I'll
1: read the book. Well, don't pay for
0: it. Get it, get it on the black market for free. I'll try. It. I mean, if I have to
1: give him nine dollars, whatever he's. It's,
0: oh, do we? Want it won't to? be
1: all for him. Maybe I'm sure it is because I'm sure he self-published. Anyway, I'm sure maybe that's too. what they were bringing out in and out of the storage unit—just his
0: books. They weren't. Moving. I hope so. I hope they couldn't sell those fucking prepper novels, <laughs> and those were just like a thousand copies in duffel bags, and that's—and those would be heavy. They would.
1: And They would be awkward. Let's we hope we can that. only hope. We can That's only our theory.
0: Hope. But yeah. We're All right, hopeful guys. over here. We but are. thank you guys so much for um, hanging out with us. Yeah. Uh, socially distant, responsible mm-hmm. hanging out. Podcasting That's right. is is the way to to do things right now because we're not. If you can figure it out, thank God we did. Yeah told you Vanya smiler everybody i love you guys but uh <laughs> we love you guys so much again um we'll be checking our dms on across all social media platforms and send yep. us an email at, romcrimepodcast at gmail.com if you have any additional information any interesting theories anything let's, about this let's do uh, it this is this is my life now yep here we are i want to so- i want to solve this mystery Rom- crime. no mm-hmm.